今回のゲーミングカルトポッドカスト35番世界の最悪のポッドカスト You love it my boy おいてめえ顔かして From across all corners of our fair planet Earth Welcome to the Gaming Cult Podcast Worldwide opinions on obscure and up-to-date gaming talk culture and be curvy for today and yesteryear You love it my boy My boy Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Gaming Cult Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Innes from sunny Sydney, Australia. Beautiful day out here in the land of Down Under. Joining me uh, from Vermland, Sweden, we have Martin Olin. Martin, my friend, how are you? I'm quite fine, Jake. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What's、It's... the weather? What's the weather like in Sweden? No,、uh... actually, Zach, 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 I know I haven't introduced you, but please ask Martin how the weather is in Sweden. Go. Martin, how is the weather in Sweden?、Uh, Jake, the、uh, weather in Sweden is,、uh, well, it's currently a bit rainy and it's getting pretty cold and we're like on the verge of winter right now. So, yeah,、um, I'm looking forward to yet another winter in Sweden. Less sunlight. Exactly. And more darkness and snow everywhere and freezing cold, basically. <laughs> your, your ideal habitat, basically. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. Uh, uh, also, joining me, hello, Zach. Hey, Jake. My dear brother. What's happening? Oh, a lot's been happening, man. And I think, you, I think you know this man. No, I don't. My life has been nothing. So, my brother, As usual. My brother, As, why? Yeah.、Um, because I'm really busy. Since last episode, I've had food poisoning. I've considered. You know, just. I don't know, my life's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Well. That, that's, that's because you're wearing the fedora all the time, Zach. You gotta get rid of the fedora, you know? I, I can't get rid of it. It defines who I am, and I look like Humphrey Bogart when I wear it, so I'm not gonna get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking swag is for boys, class is for men. <laughs> Now, this is the first time we haven't had an American on this podcast since、that's、episode、true. four. Yeah, that's because、yeah. the US is in shutdown. That means they can't make it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.、Oh, that's true. That's the true. Government, government's shut down. All, all, all our dear California boys and Georgia boys from down south, they're、am、out、I、of the action. Am I the only one that really thinks that that is really funny? Like, the government completely shutting down their operation? It's pretty fucking funny. Like, yeah, especially considering that it's, you know, the US and all. Over,、yeah. over healthcare, yeah.、Mm-hmm. Are we getting to go political now? Do we have time to go political? We've got so much to talk about in this episode. Yeah, fuck it. That's true. I'm gonna go to the doctor and I'm gonna get immunizations and I'm gonna get everything and I'm not gonna pay nothing for it. What's up, rest of the world? <laughs> so we went to. <laughs> so, Zach, we've been doing some things. We've been doing some things. And Martin, you've been burning some things. I've been burning. Nah, I've been destroying some things. Yeah. But we'll talk about that a bit later. Mm hmm.、Um, now, Zach. Yeah.、Uh, we made some friends. We made lots of friends. Yeah, back, back in July. Back yeah, in, back, back, in, in, back in packs. Back in packs. We, we had some booth neighbors, and those booth neighbors were the folk at Microsoft, believe it or not. 
Oh, the lovely, lovely folk of Xbox Australia. Yeah, they were absolutely awesome. Yep, we provided that sound. You sound really only. sarcastic when you say that, but I assume you're not. Uh, I'm t like, I. this is one of the moments on this podcast where I'm not being sarcastic. I'm dead serious. Those guys are really cool. They are. They are. Okay, okay. And, I believe you. Uh, they invited us out to an event uh, just recently, and that was the Xbox One uh, VIP launch event to check out all their launch titles and everything like that. And you're thinking, well, you're thinking back to E3, and you're going, well, you know, they didn't have the best run at E3. That might, that might, that might be an understatement. But we we went there, and you know, we were surprised. Incredibly, like, I mean, at PAX Australia, they showed the console. I'm sure they had a great presentation that, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to or anything like that. But in the past, in the past few months, the stuff they've showed us, it's been really impressive, really fun. Really impressive. Um, if you want to go into detail, Jake, like feel free, like rebound off me or something like that. Well, yeah, the uh, the Xbox One VIP event was a press event uh, that us and a few other people went to, and it was just testing out all the launch games. We tested out Forza Four, and I'm a I'm a big fan of the Forza series, and I know our dad is as well. Dad, like, all right, our dad, he like he will take a Forza game, and he will hundred percent it. Then he will clear his save, and then he will 100% it again. And then <laughs> rinse and repeat. And that's that's a long game. That's a really long game. And the greatest thing is, he got into that habit by playing previous racing games, having his memory card wiped just for, I don't know, because the console would be like, fuck you, and they just do it again. Yeah, but that, that, was, that, was, that, was with, that was with Gran Turismo and his PlayStation. Though. Yeah. He, he would turn off his console, like, mid-save. <laughs> uh. Memory card got all corrupted. Exactly, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. took it took us a while. It took us a few times of him doing that to for him to figure out why. You can't really do, the, do that with the 360. So, thank you Xbox no. for that. Thank you Base God. Thank you. I just have to throw that out there too because uh, Base uh, Little B he did make another track with his cat Kiki, the rare uh, based adopted tabby cat. He's making a full album with his cat about video games, and there's a track out. You can go check that out on. Uh, on Black you know, Man that, Videos YouTube, and it's a good time. That leads me to, you know, ask the obligatory question, you know, uh, cats and video games. Um, is one of the tracks about the Wii game that we discussed in the past? No, but you know what? You need to introduce that game to him. I know, I'm gonna hit my boy Lil B up and we'll tell him about Sugiban Shacho Rena. We'll do it. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Um, more stuff with the base god coming soon. Who even knows? But we're getting side we're getting sidetracked here. Thank you, base god. Um, Forza. There's a new Forza. Forza. Yeah. <laughs> there's a new. There's a, that was a, that was a, that was someone outside my window yelling. Uh, that, that there's a new Forza game coming out. Forza Five. Uh, I played it and I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, it, as far as Forza games go, it's, you know, they're improving their roster and everything of cars available and, you know, the graphics are improved on the Xbox One and it looks really pretty and everything. Uh, plays like any other Forza game, pretty much. Although they've got, you know, their, their suspension mechanics are really... Alright, this is this is something that's only going to appeal to, like, racing fans, right? And I know there's a few of you viewers out there that are into this. That, um... The suspension mechanics are a new thing for Forza Five, and that's going to be a, that, that. That felt really realistic and everything, and um, that was very cool. But the uh, I'm going to hark on about this a little bit. The force feedback on uh, the new Xbox One controller is is really amazing. You're thinking, what? Well, it's it's a rumble pack, Jake. What are you talking about? It's they've like stepped their game up in that where it's 
in each side of the controller, and it 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 for it force feedbacks. I can't think of a, another verb to use for that uh, or ad adjective rather. But, um, to such a point where I could feel like. Uh, the gears changing, I could feel the clutch, I could feel the gearbox. Wow. Everything that was going on, it, it, it made the game, like, 100% more immersive. Just from the control, just from the rumble in the controller itself. It was you know, so precise and bizarre. It was, it was like experiencing a new thing, basically. You know, think of the possibilities about, like, creating a, you know, steering wheel for the Xbox One in that case. Well, yeah, if, if they bring that exact technology into a steering wheel, that'd be cool. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not a huge... I don't really play, you know, racing games or whatever. Mm. But mm. that idea some at least ap appeals to me in some way. Well, uh, get, it's pretty get, cool. Just to get the fact that you get a lot of that in a controller itself is really cool. Exactly. I, I like the Xbox One controller as well, I have to say. Um, how, how does it compare with the uh, one for the 360? Uh, it's similar. They got rid of the battery pack. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the buttons feel really nice. Uh, the D-pad is awesome, right? And this, hey, this is all legit right now. Like Microsoft, they've been hooking us up. But this, uh, the, let me tell you, this is straight from the heart. The D-pad, they have a good D-pad on their controller. Finally, you know, Microsoft have a good D-pad because I, you know, what that was part of. I think the. Um, what was it? The patent for the uh, D-pad that uh, Nintendo had uh, that uh, recently expired. Cause Thank it, fuck for that. It, it was patented <laughs> so long ago that uh, mm. I think now I could be paraphrasing here somewhat. That the, the patent expired, and now everyone can kind of like try and you know get on that a bit. And yeah, the Xbox One controller has a really really good D-pad on it. Yeah. I remember the one for the original Xbox, especially, and that one was really horrible. Oh, it was just a button that went in some directions. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Uh, I mean, the uh, 360 weren't that that different, and as well. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the 360 one is just inconvenient most times. It, yeah, it's it's okay, but uh, it does what it does what you want it to do, but its shelf life is not that good. My my Xbox 360. Uh, D-pads, uh, they're kind of worn down by now, they don't always work. They don't really? always do what I want them to do, yeah. Mine's yeah. sort, of sort of similar to the <clears throat> problem with the analog stick on the N64 controllers. Yeah, yeah, exactly, it would just kind of wear down. I don't know. Yeah. My D-pad kind of goes, oh, okay, we'll go in the direction you want to, but as you're taking your thumb off the controller, we'll go in every single other direction while you can, while we're at it as well. <laughs> that, just that just becomes a bit of a pain in the ass. For example, I'll be like, you know, on most recent example, GTA 5, and I'll be driving around and I'll be like, oh, I want to change the station, and suddenly I'm pulling up my phone, and then I'm hammering all these buttons to put my phone down, and then I crash <laughs> into a fucking thousand things, and, and then you cry. Yeah, and then I don't want to play anymore. You're like, wow, wow, I don't want to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, new D-pad uh, on the Xbox One controller, fantastic. The analog sticks are improved and really tight, and... Uh, yeah, I like it. I like that controller a lot. It is a good controller. Um, so Forza 5, looking forward to that. We also played Dead Rising 3, and you know what? It's is too grimdark for me, Jake. It's too serious. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? I don't agree with you. I might have agreed with you when everyone was saying that before, <laughs> but could this be a segue? Maybe. What do you, what do you reckon, Martin? Is this a segue to something? It could very well be. 
here's an interview. Take it away. <laughs> he said that at the same <laughs> take, time. Take, take it away, Jay. You want me to take it away? Take it away. Take okay. it away. All right. Can take I get it away. Can, boys, can I get take a counter? Take it away. Hey, let's not break status quo. No, I don't. <laughs> we're going to do, do that. We're going to count down from seven. And you yeah. are my sweet boys. And occasionally we indulge our viewers. And this is one of those times. Can I get a count down from seven, please, Martin? Seven. Make sure you six, start five, from seven. I did. Seven. Take it away, Mom. Six. <laughs> Zach, you fucking cunt. <laughs> seven. Six. Five. Four, no. Wait, 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 wait. <sighs> right into a gaming co podcast at gmail.com. Do you like this bit? Is it an overdone bit? Let us know. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Go. Take it away. Jake Innocent, Gaming Call Podcast. Joining me is Mike Jones from Capcom Vancouver. Mike, how's it going? Good, Jake. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. You are here at the uh, Xbox One VIP event. You are showcasing Dead Rising 3, correct? Yes, we are. And I'm not going to lie, I've had a couple of drinks, so I'm ready to go. Excellent, man. Let's do it. How long have you been working on the game for? We, wow, we've been working on the game for almost three years now, and we just announced it a couple of months ago. So we're just like excited to get it out there, show it to people. It's coming out in a couple of months, day one launch for the Xbox One. So we're super excited to see how people, you know, like it. And let's let's get to effect just real quick. You know, a lot of people have been saying online, as people online do, yeah. this game's like, it's really nitty gritty. They've taken away the, uh, you know, it's, it's too serious now. Look, I, I was just playing it before, and I was on a motorbike with a steamroller on the front of it with spikes and flames shooting out the front, just mowing shit down in, um, uh, uh, with the fucking, the, with the Tron Bond mask on, yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the big uh, Lego, I forget the name yeah. of it, but the big, Coburn, yeah, 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 Coburn, that's Surbot, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the big Coburn mask on, uh, it's, it, it's still, you can, it's still pretty open-ended, right, as far as you want to play it. Absolutely. I mean, this still has all the Dead Rising DNA you would expect, but this is an open world city full of zombies. So it's up to you. If you want to take it seriously, you can. If you want to clown it up, photobomb the game, you can. Uh, but if you're a Dead Rising fan, it's got all the elements that you expect. It's got the player choice, the customization, psychos, combo weapons, the zaniness that you expect out of Dead Rising. But if you just want an open world zombie action game, we've got that too. So for all the haters out there that have been talking about, oh, it looks so serious, and eh, this and that, no, trust me. There's plenty of levity, plenty of zaniness, and we got plenty of crazy combo weapons and costumes for you to live it up and clown around and upload all those crazy videos online that you want. Absolutely, that is 100% confirmed. We've seen it, Zach's seen it, everyone's seen it. 100% confirmed, you heard it here first. Goddamn. All right, Mike, you used to work for Capcom Japan, correct? I, d I did, I worked in Tokyo in the Shinjuku office for about three years. Tell us a uh, Capcom Japan story, if you can, Mike Jones of Capcom. Well, so, <laughs> fuck. The first, d like, when I started at Ca So, Keiji Inafune hired me. And the day that I started in Japan... What was it like meeting Inafune-san, like, him interviewing you? Is that how it went down? Oh, yeah, he interviewed, he interviewed me with two of his boys. It was, like, his right hand and his left hand man like interviewing me like crossfire. I was like, holy shit, all in Japanese. They were like, what about this? What about that? What do you think about these games? What do you think about this? Uh, so yeah, it was super intimidating, crazy to meet a legend, uh, flattering to be hired and sort of picked out by Inafide to work at Capcom. 
But the first week that I started Capcom, my boss pulls me aside uh, and was like, don't freak out. Inafune Sun's leaving the company. And this wow. is like back when he was leaving the company. So I was like, what? I just joined to like do. My hero, this, how could you? Yeah, all this like global shit. Uh, and then I went in to like talk to Inafune about it. And like he had really compelling reasons for why. And he wanted to start his own company and go to Comcept. And it was awesome. And we like totally wish him well. And we're totally standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like of all the creators of Capcom who made all these franchises. And Inafune, you know conceived at rising originally um i mean that's why we're able to make the games that we can make today um but that was like mind-blowing and i like moved to japan and i started this job <laughs> then you know how pieced out yeah, yeah. um but um i actually became really really good friends with one of the original producers for the dead rising 2 game shin ohara mm -hmm. who now works with com at with inafane at concept mm -hmm. and uh, we're still extremely good friends inafane and i are still good friends and um it was just crazy, like turbulent times, but we got all these games going on at, or at Capcom. We're doing all this global development initiatives, which ultimately led to Dead Rising 3 being an Xbox One launch title, which is why I ended up moving to Vancouver from that's, Japan. That's what, that's what I was about to ask here, was uh, the, it being exclusive to the Xbox One, sort of instrumental in moving the development from Japan to yeah. Vancouver, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was huge. I mean, we, we conceived the game years ago. It's been in development for almost three years, and... Um, I mean, originally when we set out to make the game, we wanted to make the, fir the first thing that we wanted to solve, the first technical problem that we wanted to solve was to get rid of the loading times, like the load zones, all the hard loads, right? Because Old Dead Rising, it was like partitioned to all these like little environments and like a shopping mall or a casino resort. And it was all these like little areas. And we were like, fuck that. We got to go open world. It's got to be a huge city full of zombies. No load times. Totally seamless. I don't know. Can I say fuck that on the... On you, you can say piss words. You can say shit. Okay, you can say, you can say ri ring. But not the, not the ring that you put in the finger. The finger that you put in your ring. You understand? Okay, I understand. I got it. I got it. Hey, I'm from Texas. You're getting the real deal right now. All right. So... <laughs> Get now, her done. Now that we're on the fucking level, uh, so the first thing we wanted to do was seriously make this huge open world, no load times, no loading, uh, totally seamless, more zombies, more weapons, more shit than you've ever seen before in a game. Huge screen, full of density, not sacrifice any of that and still be dead rising. Good narrative? Absolutely. So, but, but back to the Xbox One. So we were like rewriting our engine to fit with Xbox One, to stream, to do all this stuff, uh, and just give you this toy box to just do whatever the fuck you wanted to do. Um, and working with Microsoft has been great. So they've been working on their development kits. We've been working on it. And we actually rewrote our entire engine to work on Xbox One to do all these things. Okay. Um, and so working with Microsoft and working on Xbox One has allowed us to really make the game that we wanted to make. Now, to your question about narrative, yeah, we got that in spades. We actually haven't really talked a whole lot about the story. And people have asked us, you know, they want to know more about the story. But we want everybody to sort of enjoy the story for themselves. So we want to give it all away. Oh, sure. But what I can tell you is Nick Ramos, who's our hero, is tied very deeply to the history of Dead Rising. Um, I'm not going to expand on that. Uh, we also have cameos from previous characters. We're going to answer a lot of questions, a lot of mysteries from previous Dead Risings. We sort of see this as like the end of a trilogy. Uh, this game takes place 10 years after Dead Rising 2. Right, so there's a little bit of gap between. You're going to see some things have changed. Um, we also expanded on the gameplay, all the game systems, bigger and better combo weapons, super combo weapons, combo vehicles, that kind of stuff. Uh, but the basic scenario is that you're quarantined into the city, Los Perdidos, where there's been a zombie outbreak of unknown origin, 
military can't control it anymore, so they're going to nuke the city in six days, and in, you've got to get out. You've got to get out of the city, and ultimately you start to discover the source of the zombie outbreak, and this whole mystery, you uncover this whole, unravel all these layers, it's like an onion. You unravel all the story of Dead Rising 3, and Dead Rising 2, and Dead Rising 1, and before, and you're just like, holy shit, it's awesome. So we hope people are going to enjoy it. And viewers, don't be, don't believe the negative hype because it's not true. I've played it. It's 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 a lot of fun. It's still the fun Dead Rising that we all know and love. I mean, that to us, way back in conceptual days, the 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 guiding light for all of our design decisions has been player choice and player freedom, right? And so we wanted people to be able to take the game seriously, play it as an action game, an open world zombie game if they wanted, play it as a comedy game if they wanted. Do the missions if you want. Don't do the missions if you want, which has led us to our decision to remove the timer. Right? You can play regular story mode, which allows you to play no time pressure, auto saves, checkpoints, play at your own speed, get online, play with your buddy. It's a huge open world, tons of stuff to explore. We wanted you to have the freedom to do that. But if you're a hardcore Dead Rising fan, you like classic Dead Rising, we have Nightmare Mode, which is going to have a timer and a schedule and only manual saves and way more difficult. It's going to be like our most difficult Dead Rising yet. So if you're that masochistic, crazy, hardcore Dead Rising fan, play Nightmare Mode and call me in the morning. There you go. There you go. Mike Jones of Capcom. This is the Gaming Cult Podcast. What is your earliest video game memory, whether it was you, a friend's house, arcade, PC, ca uh, console? Mike Jones of Capcom, your earliest video game memory earliest video game memory is probably playing Missile Command with my dad on the Atari 2600. Right. Like, seriously, I remember, I remember sitting there and my dad trying to explain to me like how to play Missile Command and you, get, you got it coming in and you got to blow up the little things and the radius and you got to protect your city and I had no idea what was going on I saw all these flashing lights but I thought it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen on my television so it's, it's just completely synaptic memories there oh yeah totally it's just like all these flashing lights and like that's why I have epilepsy today <laughs> there you go shouts out um well, you've, you've worked for Capcom Japan where we've had some of our favorite uh, soundtracks come out. What's one of your favorite uh, video game soundtracks of all time? Oh my god, favorite video game soundtracks. Where do I even start? Um, I'll tell you, I think my favorite video game soundtrack has got to be Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Uh, you know, that game had such an impression on me from an early age. The music is phenomenal. The characters are phenomenal. Time travel is great. Like, and, and all the musical styles too change, right? Like, as you're going through time, right? The composition is amazing. Upbeat stuff, the low key stuff. Like, I well, still I still listen to it today. All the slow melancholic stuff. That's where it's at, man. Oh yeah. The, all right, I'm gonna give a shout out to to SquareSoft right now. Yeah. Best best 16-bit synthesis yeah. of a seagull yeah. ever. What do you think? Oh, absolutely, hands down, totally. Mike Jones, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Hope you guys enjoy playing Dead Rising 3. Shout out to Mike Jones, Capcom Vancouver, Capcom Japan taking over. Um, yeah, I, you know, I played it. It's fun. So, I don't know. People jump into conclusions again ahead of actually playing a game and seeing one E3 um, trailer. But I mean, you know, I watched that E3, you know, a presentation that they did. Mm-hmm. As I'm sure all you did. And I personally felt that Dead Rising 3 seemed a lot more serious and darker than the previous installments. 
Well, yeah, but like I had a shark costume on and a steamroller and I was being a bad boy and it was totally the least serious game I've ever played okay. in my whole life. Okay, I um, I withdraw that statement I, in that case. Okay, if I'm on a fucking motorbike that has a steamroller at the front of it and it shoots flames and then I can then get off and use a giant bomb to blow the fuck out of everything I see and throw on a Jabba Jaw helmet and just start laying waste to zombies with my jazz hands that shoot shotgun shells in every direction. Am I going to win an Oscar? Probably fucking not. <laughs> because the Academy doesn't like that shit. But you know what? It's so much fucking fun. You look like Leonardo DiCaprio then. Just, yeah, exactly. Don't let go, Zach. Oh, uh, it was good. It was very, very... No, not just good, it was fucking fun. Really? You're not, you're not even gonna indulge me in a Titanic reference, really? Oh, right. <laughs> Don't let me go. Don't let me go, Zach. <laughs> I'm flying, Jake. <laughs> Perfect, you pulled that off. Great, moving on. <laughs> Shit. What else do we play at The Thing, Zach? Uh, we played Titanfall. No, we didn't play that at The Thing. That was oh, a, at the- oh, That was at the, the second thing. Yeah, but, yeah, at the first thing. Uh, I played Killer Instinct. It was quite good fun. I have a sh- I'm not great at fighting games, but- uh, it's, it's a button masher for me, because I've never been good at Killer Instinct, but it looks nice. Yeah, it is quite great. And it reminds it reminds me a bit of Street Fighter Four, I think. Oh yeah, really? Really? Yeah, just by looking at like you know trailers of the game, I kind of get. It does actually feel a bit weighty, like that. Actually, yeah. Now that you, now that you mentioned that, um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's not a game I'm excited for, but it looks really nice. Yeah. As for how you you know, you you have the you you get a free trial and you get two characters, you know, buy the game and you get all the characters. That's not that's not a that's not a new thing in games. So nope. I don't know. If you're really into that you'll buy it, I guess. Yeah. There's plenty of people that are really, really excited for it. But I'd say there's, there's there's a strong like, you know it it will probably get a competitive scene when you have a look at it. It's... Well do people play KI and KI two competitively? Uh, they probably do. Do they play that Ultra Sixty Four? Wow. <laughs> Wow, yeah. Martin got that. I did, I did. Yeah. That, that was a bit obscure for the viewers that are not of age, so to speak. <laughs> Alright, let me give us some <clears throat> thing to that. Uh, back in the uh, arcade days when the first Killer Instinct came out, uh, it was uh, d developed by Rare, who were also working with uh, Nintendo at the time. And they, uh, when they put it out, uh, KI and KI2, on the arcades, they were advertising for the Nintendo 64, but this was before it was actually called the Nintendo 64. At that time, it was still called the Ultra 64. So, in the arcade versions of Killer Instinct and Killer Instinct 2, you can see uh, uh, advertisements for the Ultra 64 yep. in the uh, demo screen. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, um, <clears throat> bit of a relic now. I, I know, <laughs> I know one person that actually has an Ultra 64. Wow. Yeah. Like a prototype. Yep. Wow. But is it like fully compatible with like playing retail games? Oh yeah, it's a Nintendo 60. It's just label. It's just got a lo Ultra 64 logo on it. And it's official. Yeah, it's official, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that shouts out to Joe Hopkins or aka Joel Hopkins, aka The Last Gamer on YouTube. A guy from um, Melbourne, Australia, who 
No joke has the best video game collection in the world. So go check out The Last Gamer on YouTube. Because holy shit, man. Yeah, he's, he's, um, his collection is second to none in the entire world. Uh, I don't know, maybe John Hancock gives him a run for his, for his money from, um, uh, the guy from, <clears throat> the guy from Racket Boy. Uh, but, yeah, it's, um, it's intense. It's in- definitely intense. So, <laughs> Xbox One VIP. Uh, we talked to, uh, we, we saw some de- uh, demos of the game, uh, Rise. It was... The Spartan game? Yeah, it looked really nice. Yeah. I'll say that. Well, it's Crytek, you know, they that's what they do. They, yeah. They make things look really, really nice. And we got to play a bit of it as well. Well, I got to, I got my hands on it. Did you, Jay? N- uh, no, I didn't really play it. I, I saw a uh, single-player demo when I was there, a very hush-hush secrecy <clears throat> kind of thing. And that, that looked really nice. Um, what, what did you think? Um, really fun. Like, I know there was a lot of kind of shit talking about it originally because it looked like a pretty much press this button to win thing because of the whole quick time situation mm. but um yeah totally not like that i'd say the combat is a lot more similar like i it's a lot more in the vein of arkham if you get what i mean so you've got that like it's all about combos and like you know utilizing a variety of or utilizing what weapons you have and things like that um it's it was really fun. I played the multiplayer, the multiplayer demo. It was quite cool. It's you spend most of your time in an arena, and you know the arena is constantly shifting and changing with all these traps. And it's it's quite, cool how it all falls away and then comes back again. That yeah, yeah, it's nice. it's super cool. It was really fun, and I mean, after a game that while having a chat with, with a few of the guys around the booth, they were saying, well. This game has been so many goddamn things over the past few years, and it's been and it's taken us like you know a while to get set on this, and they're pretty proud of what they've done. I mean, apparently what they showed at E like E three wasn't exactly like you know the final build or anything like that. So by the time like Gamescom came around, they had most things up and ready to go. But yeah, it's it's good fun. It's a game they've been working on for a very long time, and it's been a lot of different things. But don't take my word for it. Here's Michael Reed from Crytek. Now, Martin, I'm hoping that you can take it away. Can you take it away? Can you give it away? I'm giving it away, baby. Jake NSA Gaming Call Podcast. Joining me is Michael Reed from Crytek. Michael, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You are out here exhibiting uh, Rise, Son of Rome. How long have you guys been working on that for? A uh, long time. It really depends on how far you want to go back. Um, so... The game originally started way back, I want to say 2006 or so, uh, as a game that was, uh, you know, originally being developed as an RPG. Uh, MMO, getting into that whole thing. It evolved over time. Uh, We originally announced, I believe it was in 2010, as a game called Kingdoms at the Microsoft event, press event at E3. I remember that. Then the next year we came out and we announced another game called Rise, which was going to be an exclusive Kinect title for the Xbox 360. And then in uh, 2013 we came out and we announced this game called Rise, which was an Xbox exclusive controller-based game for the... uh, for the Xbox One, so, and that's where we're sitting now. So that's that's the brief of the evolution of sort of what we've we've gone through. 
um, but it has been in it has been in development. At least the current the current iteration of the game has been in development for probably about two and a half years or so. Now we saw uh, we saw our first presentation of Rise was uh, at E3 this year, and playing it now today, what you've shown us at least here at the Xbox event is uh, it's quite a different experience to uh, what we saw at E3. Can you go through just a little bit of? how that sort of, the, bi- the big changes that were made or the little changes. Right, so when we came into E3, we really had a small slice of what the combat was. Um, we weren't really able to come in and show off exactly what we wanted to show. We went back after E3, you know, we looked at the feedback, we looked at what pe- how people were responding to it in general, and we were like, yeah, you know what, we can see how people are looking at it that way, that the game plays itself, it's nothing but quick time events. So... You know, we, we held off a little bit and decided to come into Gamescom with a lot more of the mechanics from where we were, especially in the multiplayer side of it. Because there's a lot of things that are replicated from single player to multiplayer and, and vice versa. That was local for you too, being based in Germany, or the Crytek Germany studio at least. For what? For Gamescom? For your... For your yeah, the Crytek studios are based in Germany, correct? Yes, that's right. That's correct. Yeah. So... You threw me off. No, no, I'm just saying it was local to you at the time. So, to, you, where am I going with that? There wasn't much travel involved, I suppose. No, there wasn't much travel involved. I mean, Gamescom is a huge show. I mean, they had 340,000 people or something come through that show this year. So, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit, it's a little bit insane. Um, but we decided we decided to come into that show with the multiplayer demo and really show people. And we had a lot of people come through the line that were like, "Hey, you know what?" I waited in this line for two hours thinking I was playing, you know, a game that played itself and they walked away and they were like, you know what, it was awesome. So I think once people get a hands-on with it, you know, some people are going to really love it, some people are going to not be so sure about it, um, you know, and we're going to have a lot more to show coming coming up in like the next, you know, month or so as we lead up to launch. We'll be showing more about the game and the single player and talking more about the mechanics themselves. Well, the things you show me today, I mean... Being Crytek, the lighting engines are impressive, the textures are impressive. What's it like working with that community? I mean, the Crytek fan community constantly uh, just trying to appease uh, your fan base, so to speak. I mean, are you getting a lot of questions like, is the Xbox One sort of up to scratch with what its technical capabilities are and that kind of thing? I mean, that's a common question everybody's asking, you know, is it, is it up to spec? I mean, when you're talking to Crykek, it's never up to spec. Even the current gen of what we have now is not up to spec. We yeah, of course. Want, we always like, our, 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 our guys in there are always like, you know, give me what's 10 years down the road. Give it to me now. So, you know, I mean, it's a much different experience in bringing a console, in bringing a console out and bringing that into the living room and, and dealing with a hardware set that's dedicated to, to, to where things are at. Um, you know, we're, we're happy to have that. We're happy to have the power at our fingertips to bring things like that to the living room. And especially being a launch title and showing really what the capabilities of this box are. And, you know, I think Crytek was a good pairing for, for that. Fantastic. Uh, Michael, this is the Gaming Cop Podcast. What is your earliest video game memory? Oh my god, I can go way, way back. So I had a, my first video game memory, I mean, it kind of ties in with two things. So 
I used to have a thing called a Texter, Texas Instruments TI-99 in my room, and it had the cartridge slot on the side, and it came with a book that had like basic and, and things in it, and you could type in these lines and go, ooh, here's a ball bouncing around the screen. It was, it was a very popular basic computer at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had one of those in my room from the time I was like, I don't know, I remember having like games like... I can't even remember half of what the games were called. This Pac-Man clone and all these other various titles. In terms of like console-based stuff, my first real game memory was uh, on the console-based stuff was the Intellivision. I had an Intellivision at home with I don't know, God knows how many games. And my friends, I mean, between all my friends and everybody else was, you know, Atari and Coleco and, and all of these gaming systems that we really had spanned across throughout throughout the 80s. And... And, uh, you know, my, my gaming history just extends back so far. And honestly, I probably, I probably end up playing more games now than I did when I was like 18 years old. So, you know, it's, it's really like a dedication thing. People are like, well, I don't have time to play games anymore. And I'm like, well, I stay up till like five in the morning playing games. Like make I time, goddammit. I make time. <laughs> I put my kids to bed and I make time. Yeah, I play, I play a lot of video games. What are some of the, your favorites that you're playing right now, or within the last six months at least? Uh, in the last six months, well, for the last like, for the last like five years or more, I've probably been playing Team Fortress Two, and I still it's the game I always end up coming back to. I love the community and I love the people. Do you have a vast hat collection? I do not have a vast hat collection. I'm I play I mainly play support roles. I've been playing. I have like. 1300 hours of medic or something like that so yeah on my server base they all know me as that um you know other games that i've been playing arma 3 i've been playing a lot recently as well um really getting into the mods and and stuff that are coming out i think they need a little bit more time but once the mods start getting in there it's gonna be awesome uh xcom i've been you know back and forth with for for quite some time as well um i finally got to play gta 5 a little bit yesterday at the, I was at the Good Game Studios, and uh, so while I was waiting for the Dead Rising guys, they threw me in a back room and go play some GTA. So we were, I was happy. I was happy to get my hands on that for a little bit. Um, League of Legends, Dota. I mean, I I'm, I get into a lot of mix of stuff. Mike, what was the first uh, shipped game you ever worked on? The first shipped game. So. The game that I, the first game I ever worked on was actually EVE Online with CCP Games. Um, so the game had technically already shipped, but my fr it was more of an expansion tied in with that. And, and when, when was this? What sort of, what sort of year? Uh, so I started with CCP in 2006, and I worked with them through 2011. Um, so I worked on EVE Online and, of course, Dust514, and that was before it came out. Um, but yeah, I worked on a whole slew of different expansions throughout that, and then I moved on to Crytek in uh, 2012. Uh, you're working with, uh, uh, what sort of composers are you working with uh, for Rise Son of Rome? Uh, so we have our own uh, in-house composers um, that we've specifically been using. Uh, Borislav Slavov, or as we call him, Bobby. Uh, he's out of our... It's very homogenized. Yes. He's, uh, he's out of our... And I always mess this up. I can never remember. I want to say he's out of our Bulgaria office. He's a super talented guy. He worked. Uh, he's worked alongside, uh, you know, all the Hans Zimmer stuff that we did with Crisis Two. Um, Bobby did all this, the whole soundtrack with a team of composers and various people on Crisis on Crisis on Crisis Three. Yeah. 
Yeah, we had we had Hans Zimmer do uh, do some. He actually did the main theme for for Crisis Two through that, and then we had uh, then Bobby has done all the other stuff, and he's super talented. So we have we have access to all that in house, um, and so he's been he's been doing a lot of that stuff for us. Great, and finally, uh, one of your favorite uh, video game soundtracks of all time. With video game soundtracks. Soundtracks. Oh man. Um, Quake, Quake 2, no, Quake 2 soundtrack. Okay. I love the Quake 2 soundtrack. I'm a big fan of it. Was, not in, was Trent Reznor part of I can't remember if he was part of 2 or not. He was definitely involved in 1 with the old mini stuff, but, uh, but I don't know if he was involved in 2 or not. No, no, was it? No, I was thinking of, I was thinking of the, um, I was thinking of the old Doom soundtrack with the old MIDI stuff of like Alice in Chains and like I didn't realize what the stuff was when I played it at the time and then I went back and I was like, wow, that was Alice in Chains. I didn't even recognize it. So yeah, it was it was kind of a kind of a mix of, of redone MIDI tunes. But yeah, the Quake Two soundtrack is one of my favorites. Uh, Mike, thanks very much. Great, thank you. <laughs> Shouts out to Michael Reed from uh, Crytek. Thank you very much for that. Um, we played a little bit more of that at the um, at the EB Games Expo. Yeah. Which hey, thanks again. Thanks again. Like, are we doing are we doing double shouts out right now to Microsoft? <laughs> it's totally warranted, man. <laughs> who, would, who would believe? Who would believe? But there you go. Hey, shouts out to Eric. Shouts out to uh, Nelly. Everyone from the Xbox Australia team. You know, they've been they've been showing the GCP some love. Genuine. They've been shown the underground. They've been shown the gaming underground some love. So much goddamn love. They brought us out to when the. EB, we, they brought us out to the EB Games Expo. When are we getting endorsed by Microsoft Japan then? Or sorry, Xbox Japan. Well, you know, we love that death smiles. We do. We love those cave shooters. We, um, we love that instant brain. Mm-hmm. We love that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love that store two hundred X. Oh my god. I'm still yet to pick that up. You should, I really man. need to, I really need to do that. I know, I know. You've been talking I, about get, it for I'll, almost I'll two get years. I'll to it eventually. Two years you've been talking about this game, man. Yeah, I know. I'll get to it eventually. Hopefully this year. <laughs> Shouts out. Hopefully. Hopefully. But, um, yeah, we went to the EB Games Expo. And um, we did some things. We played some things. Fucking hell, man. Titanfall. Whoa. That was fucking fun. Like, no joke. I am excited for Titanfall. Holy shit, that game. It was really, really, really fucking fun. Like, of course you go, Ooh, it's an FPS. It's an FPS. It's brown and blue. It's gonna be like everything else. Oh, big space marines. Ugh. And Are, you, say are that you making an impression of me right now? No, but I... <laughs> yeah, that sounded just like you, man. You're referring to yourself as a casual? Yeah, maybe, but... I don't, but... I really don't like FPSs. Oh, it's fine if you don't like FPS. I mean, it's not for everyone, but I find that... A lot of the criticisms of modern FPS, and... Some of them are totally warranted, like... I mean... But Martin, my friend, let me ask you these things. Do you like doing sick parkour? Would you, um, be, would you be a fan of, say, running up a wall, jumping up a wall, landing into a tree, jumping off that tree and then using a jetpack to get out of that tree and then running to another wall? Especially considering I actually did parkour for a while, yes. Well, how about this then? Take this for example. What if you are running 
and you got to the top of a building, proceed to jump off that building to run across a wall while shooting another person down, in which you then jumped onto the back of a titan. Well, a giant mech robot that was not that was part of the enemy troops, like you know, brigade of them, and started laying waste to everyone from the shoulders of your enemy. Wow. That would, that would sound pretty cool, yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what I fucking did, and it was awesome. Yeah. Giant mechs <laughs> falling out of the sky that grab you and throw you into them like a little baby, and then you just lay waste to fucking everything. It's awesome. And I won. I beat you, Jake. I beat you, brother Jake. I yeah, won. I, I didn't. I didn't do that well. I did alright. I, I was more. I was just more looking at all the textures and doing sick parkour, basically. <laughs> but yeah, Titanfall. I'm excited about that. If you look at all that shit, you'll never be an MLG pro. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, gotta look, gotta look at them textures. <laughs> gotta stop to smell the flowers. <laughs> In a mech FPS with parkour. Yeah. All them excuses. Yeah. You're just sad that you didn't... Like, do they? You didn't lay waste like I did. Do they have these, like, capsule machines? What? Oh, yeah, yeah, confirmed. You can collect Gashapon in Titanfall for the Xbox <laughs> One. You can pet a cat. You can race around in... in you can ask for sailors. Yeah, you can ask the whereabouts of sailors. You can uh, race forklifts. You can play out a, an original arcade perfect port of OutRun. Uh, <laughs> Space Harrier, it's everything you want from a game. Uh, all way off topic here, but yeah. Shenmue's a pretty good game, isn't it, Martin? It's one of the best games ever made, yeah. Thank you, Martin. So, yeah, hey. Titanfall. I'm, I'm genuinely 100% excited for Titanfall. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> but what else happened, Zach? What, what did you do on this day? Um, I played a lot of games, that's for sure. And, um, I looked at lots of booth babes. There were, there were a few. There, there, a few is like an understatement. Like, it was... It's pre I spent half my day just fucking bird watching. It was, it was you know, good. I, I seem to recall that, like, at some point they actually, you know, stopped having booth babes at E3. Really? Um, yeah. Because I know that was a PAX thing. I know, I know okay. that uh, I know that's in their mandate to not allow uh, booth babes. Yeah, I think I think that was also introduced into like E3 and like a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Don't take my word for it. I seem to recall reading it at least. So. Yeah, the climate for E3 is always shifting. I mean, like it's a trade expo for like people in the industry, but people yep. are starting to like cosplay at E3. Why? Makes no, um, it makes no sense to cosplay at E3. Not really. No. Uh, but yeah, there were a lot of booth babes at the EB Expo. A lot. <laughs> Which it, I'm sure was to Zach's liking. Incredibly so. I mean, obviously you didn't score with any because... I do have a girlfriend. Your, your neck beard and... Well, your girlfriend is your right hand. We all know that. And, well. <sighs> well, I know, but it doesn't mean I can't look. That's what they're there for. If you think that, like, if Booth Babes actually fucked any of those guys, do you think anyone would care? Do, do you think there'd be any reason that Neckbeards would, like, you know, be at EV Expo if not for the Booth Babes? Fuck no. That's true. No one's there to see games. I want... I want to see the... Oh, I'm here for some games. I'm here to see fucking Battlefield 4, Call of Duty Ghosts, 
and I wanted to take photos of birthdays with my son. <laughs> <laughs> and we saw that. We saw way too much no of way. that. Fathers with their five-year-old sons no taking way. pictures with birthdays. I no. love my wife. I just, love my life. And just, uh, the kid is not on the other side of the booth, babe. The kid is, like, off to the side, sort of looking at his dad. I saw that Fuck so sick. much. <laughs> That's tragic. I love my life. Oh. I love my wife. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but we, my brother, did we see a fedora? Um, Besides saw, the one that you were wearing? Uh, well, we saw, like, Two, three fedoras, and they were all worn by um, dads that didn't know what was going on. <laughs> it was. I think people are getting the memo. Nah, man, I was there on Saturday. There was more? There were so many goddamn fedoras and trench coats. <laughs> <laughs> so many pinstripe fedoras. Oh my god! <laughs> what a cop out! God damn it! There were none on the day I went there. Yep, fedoras and blazers just everywhere on the Saturday. Oh my god. With video game shirts underneath? Yep. Fuck! Oh, for fuck's sake. It's like, you know, like jackpot in that sense. Oh man, it was. Oh. My fedora senses were tingling. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, no, we, don't, we don't need to preach to the choir here, but come on guys, get a clue, really. Get it together. Get a fucking grip already. Oh, uh, I feel I feel horrible. I mean, I shouldn't dictate people's fashion choices. Despite being incredibly stylish myself. But... Leave, leave the nice guys alone. <laughs> but yeah, Fedora's Booth Babes EB Expo. Game Cult Podcast, episode 35. Um, okay, what were there besides Booth Babes? Uh, there were... Well, I, play, I played a lot of games. I saw, uh, I went and saw the E3... Uh, demo playthrough of uh, South Park Stick of Truth and I am I am really really excited for that game that is basically South Park and it's as well animated as South Park but think South Park crossed with Paper Mario basically for the GameCube that's awesome yeah it's it's so good it's so Didn't, goddamn good did they get a <clears throat> official release date now like in December I think yes yes uh, I think it's 8th of December or something like that I could be wrong it's I'm around, definitely it's a, getting that it's around that time yeah it's coming out for uh, Xbox 360 and PS3 yep <clears throat> I cannot wait for that game Zach what do you think you didn't see it I didn't get to see it no did you did you like what else what did you see okay what else did I see um Beyond Two Souls, my brother. Yeah. What 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 do you think? What do you what do you think the viewers would think if we let them experience what it was like for my for my for Hollywood? I'm not calling you that. You call yourself. You, that. No, you call me. You call it. Say it. Say my name. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to. Do it. All you right. Know? My brother, Hollywood superstar <laughs> Zach Innes. <laughs> Fuck you, Eric. I'm not calling him that again. Here is my brother playing Beyond Two Souls. Zach. Yo. Hi, Zach. Hey, Jake. What are you playing, Zach? Um, Beyond Two Souls. Can you give us a, uh, like, because the viewers can't see what's going on right now. Can you give us, like, a blow-by-blow -blow of what you're doing, like, just, like, continuously as you play this demo? Yep. I'm a little girl in a room with a large black man. And the doors are locked by the looks of it. Go on. That, huh? What are you what are you doing in the room? 
Um, I'm. Oh, you sh you went to go grab the handle, but you decided not yeah. to. Uh, but now I'm grabbing the handle. Oh, I've done it. Look, here we go. And they're saying they don't have any more change, but don't worry, it's very ethnically diverse scientific lab. And you're walking through a corridor, maybe through a, a blue and white corridor. Everyone wears six sneakers, and everyone says I look really good today. And um, oh, are we going left or right? Oh no, I'm gonna say hello to the janitor. So is this? Are you like an eight-year-old Ellen Page here? Yep, I'm eight-year-old Ellen Page, and I want to go say hello to the janitor, but they're not letting me, and. They're making me go this way. No, fuck, go back and go say hello to that janitor right now. Okay, I'm gonna try and say hello. Uh, uh, here we go. Uh, no, they. Oh, it's the same cutscene again. Nope. Can't go talk to that janitor. Can't go talk to the janitor. You're wearing a uh, you're wearing a green sweater. Um, I believe the color is sage. <sighs> yep, I'm wearing some Converse, and I'm going to a room now. And they've got some shapes in front of me. And Willem Dafoe's here. That's fucking Willem Dafoe. It's, it's, it's shamelessly Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is 100% confirmed Dafoe. No, walk no, don't sit down. Walk around the room first. Oh, I was going to, but... I'm just doing do Willem Dafoe. What is that? You're putting a thing on your head. It looks like a crown. They're saying it's a crown. It's, it's very important, Zach. It's very important that we get a, a blow-by-blow of what's happening right, right now. Right. It's a... I'm wearing a crown that attaches to my head and... I'm sitting down. Okay, now go. Alright, three, two, one, go. Um, Willem Dafoe was saying nice things to me in his calming voice. Alright, okay, fuck it. It's not Willem Dafoe. His name is Green Goblin. Green Goblin has left the room. Alright, let's see what we've got in front of me. Some shapes. I've got, um... Some bacon. Okay, wait, you've got two options now. You can shrug or say yes. Zach, what are you gonna do? Zach! I'm going to shrug. Okay. I'm feeling ap M Ellen Page is usually apathetic, so I'll be apathetic. I don't know why you'd make such a judgment on a character so quickly. She's only eight years old, Zach. I can tell. I can see her in a solar size, because she just rolled them. Shrug again. You're, shr you're shrugging a second time. Instead of saying yes, yes I am shrugging. Alright. I have to pick a shape, I think. Oh. This woman's picked up a shape, and she's fat, so I'm going to assume the shape is... Whoa, what's happening now? Oh, I've teleported into... No, outs outside of my... You're leaving body. your body. I'm leaving my body. You're seeing eight-year-old astral projection right here, right now. Actually, the spirit, and... I'm going to go to... Oh, she's speaking to someone that isn't... Oh. Oh, what am I doing? This is actually quite cool. Uh, Zach, I'm glad that you're giving us a blow-by-blow -blow of Beyond Two Souls. Thank you. Thank you. But we're not done yet, viewers. You thought we were done. You thought we were going to move on to something no, more interesting. No, we're going to keep doing this. Nope, we're going to keep going. We need to find that fat lady. And You're not actually Ellen Page. You're like a higher consciousness that's floating through to the room. Oh, there you are. You're in the room now. You're looking at the card, Zach. We're looking at the card. Oh, the fat lady has picked the star rather than the bacon. So I will pick the star. And the lady has picked the star on the card. I picked the star on the card. We're in different rooms, and I'm correct. I assume that I am telepathic, and there is something special about me as a child. Oh, I'm back into my astral projection stage. 
and go see what the fat lady's picked, and I bet it's bacon. Right through the wall. She travelled right through the wall. Right through it. All right, let's see. Oh, it's controlling really difficultly. Oh, she's got the... Well, we've got a new car. And she's got the square. The fat lady has picked the square. Fat lady has now picked the square. We are now back to Ellen Page in a second person, no, a third person, excuse me, view. And Ellen Page has picked the square card in succession. Oh, we're doing it a third time now. We're going to astrally project into the other room. And what does the fat lady have this time? The fat lady has picked the bacon. The fat lady has picked the wavy line bacon. That's waitest. Don't say that. And I bet it's going to be the last time because it's the usual game three, like, you know, do the same thing three times formula with games, but we have yet to see. Do we finish at the bacon? Oh, yep, we're trying something else. Uh, the building blocks on the table in the other room. And I think I can make them fall over. Yes, I can. Do you think that Ellen Page is thinking of anything else right now? Is she telepathically, like, what is she doing with her physical mind right now while her higher mind is going into the other room? She's thinking about her next move in her actual movie career. And she's going to make a sequel to Juno, which is probably going to end with her not getting preggers. It'll be a false alarm. She's only eight years old. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the prequel to Juno, I assume. Zach, this is audio only. They can't watch you play the game. You have to keep talking. Okay, I'm... I'm you think we're done? I think we're done. We're not done. Oh, look. Oh, hold on. I'm stimulating the fat lady's privates. Just move the chair, holy shit. Uh, okay, now I'm just throwing shit around the room because I can, and just generally being a nuisance. The fat lady is terrified, gonna go see if I can fondle her a bit. Nope. Cannot touch the fat lady. Can't give her a press. Can't, can't give her a kiss, can't, give, can't touch her breasts, but I'm just... Oh, the experiment's over. Oh. The door's locked. I've locked her in. Something is obviously going to be... She's going to be horrified and just going to start messing with everything. The same test is over, but Ellen Page does not feel her rampant destruction satiation has been fulfilled. I don't know if we're putting across how intense this, act this part of the game actually is. Like, Ellie's fucking shit up remotely. Yep, everyone is getting upset. They're telling me to stop. I'm trying to find Willem Dafoe. Oh, I'm at Willem Dafoe. I burst his glasses, and Willem Dafoe can't see. Oh, chasing Willem Dafoe down a hallway. Oh, they're trying to get in. I'm screaming. The fat lady is screaming. Everyone's upset. Everyone is upset. Dafoe's upset. Dafoe is Dafoe. He is. He's beyond being upset. He's concerned. Dafoe is concerned, and he's giving me a hug. He's being... The Green Goblin is giving me a hug. He's quite pleased. He's pleased with the results of the test. And I've had... I've got a nosebleed, but I am also crying. And that was a very emotionally intense scene. And the fat lady is still terrified, and the fat lady is also crying. Just wrap it up, Zach. This has gone on far too long. Yeah, this has gone on a bit too long. Uh, ends with Willem Dafoe and Ellen Page... Ellen Page grows up, Willem Dafoe, and... It's Ellen already faded to black, I don't know why I keep talking. Thank you, listeners. Shit, viewers. What did you think? 
Um, it was really interesting. Like, I get why it's interesting, but I mean, I. It seems like a game that to really get into, I'd need to sit down with it for like an hour, and of like the fifteen or so minutes I played, it was pretty good. It was pretty cool. I'm really excited for it. I loved Heavy Rain, so I, I cannot wait for this game. Mm. Isn't that the game with uh, Ellen Page in it? And Willem Dafoe. Oh yeah. And, mm. and boy, it's not just the Willem Dafoe voice. They put his whole goddamn face in there. They go, <laughs> people need to know that this is Green Goblin. People need to know that Green Goblin is here. And so... It's Batman Police Officer. <laughs> I'm just going to call him that to annoy Zach. It's not Batman Police Officer. That was Gary Oldman. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah. So I double annoyed you. Yeah, you did. I did. I thought that was why you were annoying me. And I was like, <laughs> but they no, look the same. No, it just turns out you're a fucking idiot because they look <laughs> nothing alike. They do. They look exactly the same. No, they don't. Willem Dafoe has a very distinct, like, gremlin-like face. It's oh, whatever. Ah, oh, the ball is back in my court. Go on with your autism and not being able to distinguish facial features. <laughs> Speaking of which, GTA 5 Online Crews, uh, like, hit us up on the Twitter, hit us up on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Who are you going to join? Are you going to join, like, you know, Jake or Hollywood superstar Zach Innes' amusement unit? Totally indifferent, um, silly motherfuckers. Autism, for short. Yep, so hit up the GCP crew on the PS3 for GTA 5 or Zach's fucking whatever he's doing on the, uh, on the 360. Something autism related. Yeah. Hey, it's not- it's- It's a, it's an acronym. It's an acronym, and it was totally by accident and unintentional. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm lo I love that game. I love GTA 5 so much. Oh boy, do I fucking love that game. Are you playing that I game, Martin? Still I still don't have the game, unfortunately. Um, um, so I'm kind of, you know, considering which version to get. Do I want the autism or do I want the GCP? Um, it's a tough choice. I say, I say, go with me, Martin. Then you can play online. Well, it just went down again recently, didn't it, for the PS3? Yeah, look, look, the, the cloud servers are up and down and all around, but they did just do a patch, and that's out now. You can download that, and. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot. So it would, it, it would actually be pretty cool to own a Japanese copy of the Grand Theft Auto V for the 360. Uh, it's a bit obscure. Uh, like, I don't think that's ever coming out. Imagine, imagine. It is. Translating it's, it's, that. It's been released in released in like five days, I think. Okay. Wow. So it'll be out by the time uh, this is out. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> so you can play with us, Martin. How about you get that good old English PS3 copy? <laughs> What no. Are you saying? No. No. Well, look. Shouts oh, out. Sick. Shouts out to whichever platform you got. We got you covered, viewers. Yeah. See, we we. I, Jake was just like, no, fuck you. Everyone's getting. Oh, everyone's gonna get one. So that means we gotta leave everyone else in the dark. And no, I'm a team player. No one gets left behind. Mm -hmm. Like the school program. No one no, gets left behind. No but child. It's with, no you know. child left behind <laughs> when it comes to playing GTA 5. Yep. You can you can join A U T I S M if whenever you want, and you will not be left behind. Have you have you have you encountered any uh, children on GTA Five yet, Zach? <laughs> I haven't like heard anything over mics or anything like that, 
But I've got I've had some great times on GTA Online so far. Tell us a story. Alrighty. Martin, do you want to hear a story? I do, I do actually. <laughs> One of the most recent ones was when I got into a car and I thought, hey, this is a pretty nice car. Little did I know it was related to a Simeon mission, so I had absolutely no fucking clue. And out of nowhere, three cars slam into me. I'm like, wow, what the fuck is happening? Like, oh shit. And I get out of the car, like, you know, just start shooting motherfuckers and taking them down. And three different players, just, it becomes a fucking gangbang of shooting the shit out of each other. And they steal my car, I'm like, hey, where the fuck are they going? Turns out they're trying to complete this mission. And so I was like, no, fuck them, I want that car. And so, like, it was pretty much like a rat race over who could get there first, but, like, you know, ste periodically stealing each other's cars, throwing each other out, shit like that. And eventually, I just got fucking sick of it. Like, before they could get back to me and catch up, I stood on the bonnet of the car, raised the double bird in the air, loaded my shotgun, unloaded it into the engine, and it just fucking exploded everywhere. <laughs> no car for anyone. Fuck you, you can find it at the respawn. Ate my dick. <laughs> I, I, I go back to have a look at the shred of ruins of the car, and two of the players are saluting it, and I was like, God damn it, yes! <laughs> this is what I want in my online experience. <laughs> And it was good. It was beautiful, man. That brings a tear to my eye. It was fantastic. Uh, St Stevie B, uh, a boy from the UK, he was um, basically, uh, he, he was, I was reading on the Facey B just recently, that Stevie B, our friend, he was um, doing a similar thing, but he would stand on the top of a building and sn snipe people coming out of a jewelry store while they were committing a heist, basically. <laughs> and just ruin the game for everyone. It's perfect. Excellent. This sounds like the perfect game for you, Zach. Oh, well, it is, because, I mean, I've... You can make your stat choices at the start, and I managed to, like, make a character with the character creation system that's not too great, that looked kind of like me. And it's genealogy-based, isn't that fucking bizarre? Yeah. Wow. And I put beasts. You, like, you choose what your grandparents look like, and then what your parents look like, and then that dictates what you look like, basically. Wow. I put big stupid sunglasses on me, and I put all my efforts into partying and seeing my friends. So, like, because there's stats where it's like, oh yeah, legal, like, legal work, illegal work, time seeing friends, working out, and like, you know, just general shit like that. And I put all of my stats into, like, max party stat, because, you know, I'm the Hollywood superstar. And then I put it into seeing friends and family and the rest into like, you know, just general banal bullshit. It's funny, and, the, the higher up that you put your uh, illegal work stat, the more like you look like you're on meth, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, your face just sort of dilapidates and you get bruises and... You look like you've sort of been picking away at your skin with your nails and shit. Because, mm. you know, you gotta get the ants that are under there. <laughs> and then... Like, I don't know, the game glitched out at the first bit, because I was trying to access it when all the Rockstar Online servers were, like, you know, getting it their shit together. Um, as I was, like, I didn't get into, in my first playthrough, I didn't get thrown into one of the, um, the, I, like, Lamar didn't pick me up from the airport and all shit like that. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, and I randomly spawn right behind the Vinewood sign where everyone's being spawned and drop right in front of it, die, and then respawn somewhere else. <laughs> My first experience in the game was spawning on top of the Vinewood sign, falling to my death, and respawning somewhere else. <laughs> and that's when I knew, that's when I knew this game was made for Hollywood superstar Zack in it. Perfect. I can't yeah. wait. So viewers, 
check out that face you'd be for those details and hit us up. Maybe, maybe even Martin could be there? Could you be playing with our dear Svenska boy? Maybe. Who knows? It's possible. It's possible. Um, boys, I got, a, yes. I got a little treat for you. I got a little treat for the viewers. Yo. You remember a few episodes back, we had, our inter we had that interview with Tim from Germ, also of Austere fame. Yep. Well, the new Germ album is about to come out. Oh. And I've got some exclusives. Yep. Oop. You know, spin them beats. You, you like if you like that footwork last episode, maybe you like some depressive black metal as well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. It's but anything's possible. Yeah, it is. You know, you know, we go all around the place here on the GCP. So here we go. We're gonna go to a germ track right now. Uh, so the new album Grief is coming out very soon, uh, and here is a track called Butterfly.
Big thank you to Tim from Germ. We've got another exclusive track coming up for you uh, later on in the show. Martin, what do you think? I think it's awesome. You're, I can't you, wait. You're a Germ fan too. I am. I'll stay a fan I, too if I wager. Um, somewhat, yeah. Um, I do like Tim's work uh, a lot. So, shouts so out. I can't wait to hear the entire album. And that's coming out on, um, well, well, we'll post details uh, when it releases. But yep, we've got more exclusives for you for this GCP. Now, boys, I played another game at the EB Games Expo on Saturday. And that game was Assassin's Creed 4. Oh, and okay. I haven't been into the, the, the series for a while. You know, I played the first one, I played it, I liked it, and then I kind of put it down. I didn't play 2 or 3 because I wasn't really into it. Uh, 4 is really, really intense. And hey, you know what? Let's go to an interview with the senior developer from of that game from Ubisoft. Here's Michael Hanson. Now, how are we going to go into this, Zach? Um, what do you mean? Like, I don't know. Can you sing a song? Sing it Sa- to the, sing it to the tune of Spot. Creed, Creed, Assassins, Creed, uh, pirates and black flags and anti-flag. If you ever assassins, <laughs> fuck it, I can't even remember the tune <laughs> spot. <laughs> you used to sing this theme to Spot all the time, and you can't even do a, an adaptation of Spot the Dog theme song to Assassin's Creed Four. I'm disappointed in you, my brother. <laughs> Jake Innes, Game of Call Podcast. We have Michael Hampton, the senior game designer from Assassin's Creed series from Ubisoft uh, Singapore. Michael, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. You're out here at the EB Expo in uh, Sydney, Australia, 2013. Uh, how long have you been in Sydney for now? It's just your first uh, visit to Sydney. How are you enjoying it? Uh, no, no. I used to live in Australia for six years, so I love coming to Sydney. Um, yeah, it's my second time in Sydney this year, but uh, I've been here for a couple weeks and I'm enjoying it a lot. Favorite Sydney brew? Uh, Sydney brew? Uh, probably like a James Squire Amber or something like that. Okay, okay. A little bit sugary, but I dig it. I dig it. Okay. Uh, Michael, you've been working on uh, Assassin's Creed 4 now for the PS4 and um, other consoles, obviously. Uh, it's uh, pretty close to shipping towards the end of the year, correct? And uh, We're out uh, October 31st in Australia, and November 19th will be uh, PC, uh, and uh, the next-gen consoles at, at launch will be out. Fantastic. And is this your fir- uh, first uh, Assassin's Creed game that you've worked on, or have you worked throughout the, most of the series? No, or? this is my first one, yeah. And how's it been? Has it been? Uh, were you working on similar kind of titles before? Not Assassin's Creed, obviously, but uh, was this a, a new challenge for you in the ways of? Uh, it's always a new challenge when you've got a new product. Uh, this one was really interesting because you know we've got the pirates, we've got the naval. It's a huge game with many different aspects and features. So it was a really uh, new challenge, but it was exciting. I mean, pirates is something that you know when Ubisoft uh, asked me to come on board and work on something involving pirates. I, it wasn't very hard to sell me on that, you know. Looking at the scenes where you're on the uh, the huge ships and you're sailing through, it's fucking amazing, man. Back back in the E3 presentations and so on, it was definitely a spectacle. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's amazing technology. We've got you know an amazing game with you know seamless uh, gameplay between um, you know the the ground and the sea. So you've got that you know amazing gameplay where you can board your ship, you can sail it to an island, you can jump off. Uh, explore the island and then jump back right back on the ship without any loading screens or anything. So it's a lot of innovation in this title, and it's it's really the freshest AC I think we've ever done since AC One. Fantastic, Michael Hampton. This is the Gaming Cult Podcast. What is your earliest video game memory? Whether it was uh, at your house, a console, PC, friend's house, arcade, 
Uh, what is your earliest video game memory, Michael Hampton, of Ubisoft? Probably playing Super Mario Brothers, the first one, NES. That's why that's when I wanted to be a game designer after playing that game. The Duck Hunt. Uh, Duck Hunt, yeah, I played some Duck Hunt as well back in the day. Uh, fantastic. Um, video game soundtracks. Do you have any favorite video game soundtracks of all time? Um, probably some Square Enix ones in the past. Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, those ones. Yeah. Alright, historically throughout games, underwater mechanics can be a difficult thing to sort of make your way through and underwater levels, they're often sometimes some things that uh, gamers dread. How did you sort of uh, tackle uh, this in Assassin's Creed 4 uh, and make it playable and enjoyable? Well, uh, there's a lot of different things. I think we've got a very unique underwater uh, gameplay actually in, in Assassin's Creed 4. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, we have a very lengthy breath meter. Uh, we wanted to make it so that you could actually have a good time exploring underwater. There's lots of different ways to get air and lots of different air sources, so you don't have to constantly backtrack to the surface like you do in a lot of games to get air. That's just not a lot of fun, so we wanted to really open it up, make it explorable and uh, accessible. Uh, number two, the, the control scheme was built you know, around the Assassin's Creed control scheme, so you you have a very easy control scheme for uh, exploring underwater. You've got um, these things called uh, these beams that you can actually grab and use to pull yourself and get some a speed burst underwater. So you've got some ways to interact with the environment as well, which is obviously a huge pillar of Assassin's Creed. So we keep that for underwater. And finally, stealth. You know, we've got this amazing shark AI where the sharks can kind of like follow the player around, track him, and then you've got seaweed uh, patches and shipwrecks which you can hide in. So the idea is that you know you have to constantly be darting. These, through these areas to avoid sharks and collect treasure. So it's it's a really unique mechanic in that way. I think it's the first time there's ever been an underwater stealth uh, mechanic in a game. So um, like this anyway. And would you go as far to as far to say as uh, underwater parkour as well, possibly? Yeah, you know, I mean, you, uh, there there's elements of that. Edward will touch everything that he comes into contact with underwater. So if you if you run into a wall, he's going to brace against that wall with his hands, and if you keep pushing forward, he's going to you know, use the wall to get some some speed to go upwards. So you have this uh, this interaction with the environment that, you know, is, is important for the Assassin's Creed franchise and we wanted to bring that underwater. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's a huge, it's a lot of variety, lots of different things to do underwater and we hope that people really like it. It's, it's a challenge for any developer when it comes to underwater, for sure. Uh, Michael, this is the Game Call Podcast. Again, we'll go out on a musical note. A classic game, uh, sorry, a classic album recommendation. Any genre, any time period, up until and including the present. Classic album recommendation from Michael Hampton of uh, Assassin's Creed 4. Uh, for me, it's got to be Saint Elsewhere by Charles Barkley. Hell yeah, man. Danger Mouse. That's funny, I was actually working for Lex Records uh, back in the day doing promo, promo work for them when they, uh, when they signed Danger Mouse. And uh, that was a fun time when they broke contract and everything. Went to, went to Warner Brothers and did uh, Saint Elsewhere. But that's a great album. Michael Hampton, thank you very much. Thank you. Big thank you to Michael from Ubisoft. Uh, we'll let you know more about the game when it comes out. I know Brian plays all the uh, Assassin's Creed games. I played the first one when it was released. Um, but I never played the later installments, I think. Yeah, no, I was in the same boat. But mm -hmm. you know, that PS4's coming out. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. Xbox One's coming out. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Uh, what else? What else? I pl I uh, I went to the PlayStation booth. I played Knack. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I uh, I played some Killzone multiplayer. I've never been a fan of the Killzone series, but that game looks really pretty. It shows off the PS4 really well. Those Dutch boys know what they're doing when it comes to to tech and so on. 
so yeah, it was it was a good way to see what the PS4 is capable of right from the get-go, and it's capable of quite a bit. God damn. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff played. Ho Hokum played Octodad Two, Dadliest Catch, <laughs> where you're trying to uh, get to your wedding on time and not let anybody know that you're an octopus. <laughs> Fuck's sake. And that's a lot of fun. Man, first one that was so fucking difficult. So goddamn difficult. Such a weird game. <laughs> I think Dadliest Catch might be the best name for a game ever. Ever. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, what else? I played Ho-Hokum uh, from, from, I think it's from the Sony Studios. Or maybe that's an indie developer, I can't remember. But that game looks really pretty. Um, uh, very much in the sort of... It's got a very Noby Noby Boy style vibe to it, where it's very sort of free-flowing and everything. Uh, and it looks and sounds beautiful. Um, and Drive Club looks like a fun racing game. And I can't wait to play that with uh, for free. For the Plus version, when I, with my uh, PlayStation Plus account. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, well, boys, where are we at? Where are we at right now? We're right here. What We're we not going anywhere. Um, We're right here. Here we go again! Uh, there was some stuff in Nintendo that I liked very much. Hmm. Shouts out to our- What were those? Shouts out to our boy Jamie Wilson from Nintendo. Uh, I played Link Between Two Worlds. Wow. On the 3DS. And Zack, well, find out. Zack played it too. Yeah. <gasps> Zack, can you count down to your own voice? Uh, three, two, one, phase into me. Zach, my brother, we are here at uh, EB Games Expo. Yeah, we are at EB Games Expo, and it's pretty fun. Guess what I'm doing, Jake? Zach, what are you playing, my brother? Uh, I'm playing Legend of Zelda Link Between Two Worlds, which is the sequel to A Link to the Past on the Super Nintendo, which then got a re-release on the GBA. And I'll tell you what, it's totally reminiscent of, a Link, to, of Link to the Past. Like, everything from... It's pretty much... If Link to the Past were made in the modern day, it's totally what it would be like. There's generally through the... I mean, first off, there's the visuals. The visuals look exactly... Like, not exactly the same, but... Updated for a modern audience. The, it controls really well, which is another thing. I mean... It works really well on, three, on the 3DS. The top-down view is a great thing. I've always liked handheld Zeldas for that very reason. Minish Cap was probably one of the better Zeldas, in my opinion, even though it was on the GBA. But, yeah, by the looks of it, people are going to have a lot of fun with this. It's fucking awesome. Zach... Uh, the other day you weren't feeling too well, and you pooed your pants in the bed, why is that? Um, I didn't actually poo my pants, I made it to the toilet, but I nearly did poo pants, and I felt a little bit coming out, but I made it, and 100% confirmed, I did not fucking poo my pants, despite what you may believe. And yes, I had food poisoning. Viewers write into a skincarepodcast at gmail.com, did Zach poo his pants in the bed, did he shit all over the bed, and does he do it every morning? And are you excited for The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds on the 3DS? Uh, I'm certainly excited. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. I, 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 I'm looking forward to that game. Mm, it's, it is quite fun. Mario Kart 8, we saw some de uh, playable live demos for that as well. That game looks really nice, really, really shiny on the Wii U hardware. Uh, I hear that it's got the play same play mechanics as 7. 
And I reckon Mario Kart uh, 7 on the 3DS has the best play mechanics for uh, any uh, Mario Kart game since uh, 64. What do you reckon, man? We've played that heaps. Yeah, I'll be using the gyro. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. yeah, but I really I really enjoyed uh, Mario Kart 7. It felt fresh. Um, I unfortunately still don't have a Wii U, but uh, eventually I get one, and uh, hopefully I get that game as well. Absolutely. There's there's a lot of stuff to play for the Wii U now. I'm, I'm quite excited. Um, still yet to get Wonderful 101. I'm enjoying Super Luigi U a lot. That game is very challenging with the new play mechanics, and I, I like that game so much. I still haven't got around to playing uh, Raymond Legumes yet, but I am going to, and I can't wait to get fully immersed in that game, and that game is so much fun, and I can't wait to play that game. What, what, uh, what platform should I get uh, Raymond Oranges for? I don't you mean Raymond Legumes? No, oranges. Oh, oranges. Raymond get... oranges. Yeah, um, I never got that. Uh, it's good on the PS3. Mm -hmm. And it's good on the 360. And it's good on Steam. It's actually the cheapest way to pick it up is for Steam, if that's your thing. But uh, if, yeah. only if you've got a controller, I'd say. So if you've got the Windows controller for Steam, then that's good. Um, but yeah, it's it's good on the PS3. All right. Cool. Cool. But uh, Legends. For sure, on the, uh, on the Wii U. I'm sorry? What game? Raymond Legumes. Oh, okay, okay, on, I see. On, the, I on see. that Nintendo Wii U. Yeah. Ruby just got me Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Like, like, like Sonic, yeah. like Sonic 2? With uh, Tails? Mm, a little bit similar. Like Sonic R on the Sega Saturn? Um, yeah. Everybody's Super Sonic Racing? Close, close, but not like quite. Son like Sonic Triple Trouble on the Game Gear? Uh, Sonic and Tails? Wasn't that called Gear? Sonic Heroes? No. On, the on the Game Gear? Oh, what? I thought you said GameCube, sorry. Fuck, my bad. I didn't hear Game Gear, sorry. You motherfucker. Yeah. But no, not- it was- no, not for a six battery platform, not quite. Okay. Well, my brother, which one did you- which one did you get? Um... It's looking promising. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog on PS3. From from our dearest year in memoriam, 2006. Yeah. I really wanted that game in 2006, and then I... And then I heard a lot of things and I didn't want that game. <laughs> but now you got it. But now I've got it, and I'm so excited to play it. Well, Ruby played it. Uh, yeah, check I out saw I'm not quite. I'm not quite sure what she thought. All I could see I was I, I all I could. All I, I could. Can, all I could see was cameras shaking. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I can. I can sort of figure out what she thought. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. What a beautiful game. Oh yes. A beautiful game for a beautiful boy. Uh, yes. Uh, but yeah, we we enjoyed the EB Games Expo. It was fun. Uh, it was interesting, at the same time, there was a lot of different stuff going on. Um, it was, a lot of fedoras confirmed. It was better than last year. A lot better than last year. Uh, and 100% confirmed Pinstripe, Fedora, and Transcode. Um, uh, next year, maybe, for me? Who knows? Ladies, what do you think? Write in. GameCubePodcast.gmail.com uh, uh, Bring Mom. me Bruce babes, and I'll bring you my patronage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Martin. Yes. Uh, you followed through on a bet that you made a very long time ago. Oh yes, I did. And what, um, and what was that? 
Well, um, I bet. <sighs> I think it was something around like if I get a certain amount of comments in total uh, for my first mini special that I did, uh, I'd. I, I said I'd burn uh, Final Fantasy XIII, the copy that I owned. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, that didn't work out, um, so I had to do something else instead. And uh, I went out in the deepest of the Swedish forests, I brought the game along with me, I brought my cell phone with me, and I vined, and I destroyed. And you conquered. And I conquered. And I felt so good. It was beautiful. I still like that guy. <laughs> and there you have, there you have the opposing views of Jake and Martin. I'm not. Mm -hmm. Why am I referring to myself in the third person? I just woke up. I shouldn't be doing that. It's too early for that. Mhm. Mm but a good soundtrack. But yeah, the game is destroyed. I don't regret it a single bit. And uh, I think I mentioned on my Twitter that. I would like your the viewers' recommendations as to what game I should destroy next. So uh, write into us Facebook.com/slash/gamingcardpodcast or gamingcardpodcast.gmail.com. Thank you, Martin. You're welcome. Uh, how about we go to them bits, gentlemen? Sure. Them bits. Them bits. Okay. Uh, well, usually when we say our bits, we go viewer mail. So how about we go that viewer mail? Wait, no, what? I'm looking at a, I'm looking at an email here, guys. It's from Kay. What is it? <gasps> it's the return of Cajun Corner. Holy shit! Fuck yeah! Now this is it's a Go huge on. it's Go a on. huge one, so I'm splitting it up. Ghostly greetings to all you gaming cultists. You may have thought I had perished, but I've risen from the grave this ghoulish season to present you with yes. horror movie titles in Chinese Mandarin. <laughs> Enjoy, from Kay. Kay is, our, Kay is our friend in South Korea who writes in and gives us uh, Mandarin Chinese uh, translations of, uh, of things. And so here we go, Cajun Corner. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you okay? I am okay. That's no, bust a word, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Night of the Living Dead. Eye Jiangshi. Evil Night Zombies. So again, these are the Chinese translations and actual titles in China of of games and movies. And we got these horror movies, so let's go. We're on a roll. Uh, the Shining. Gui Dian. Ghost Shop. <laughs> cool. Ghost Shop? Ghost Shop. Fuck yeah. Uh, we got Scream here, bit of a Hollywood horror. Scream. Uh, Duo Ming Kuang Hu. Wow, that was pretty long. Steal Life Crazy Shout. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> We're gonna keep going with these, we got plenty of them. Evil Dead, <laughs> Gui Wan Ren. Demon Plays Person. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I like about all these is they get straight to the point. Demon yeah. plays person for Evil Dead. That is what Evil Dead is called in China, viewers. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Meng Gui Jie. Fierce Ghost Street. I'm spooky. I'm spooked. Little Halloween come early for you. <laughs> Hellraiser. Meng Gui Jui Hun. 
fierce ghost chases souls. Ooh, spooky, I'm spooked. It's too early for this. Too spooky for me. Uh, the hills have eyes. More shun. Devil Mountain. That's kind of cool, actually. Like That's that cool. One. That's a better yeah. title than The Hills of Eyes, yeah. 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 Devil Mountain. Saw. No, we love the Saw series. <laughs> one to seven included. I've, actually, I haven't seen seven yet. I've seen all the other Saws. The Saws Wait, get. There's seven? Yeah, yeah, there's the Saw seven. Uh, the thing with the Saw, Saw movies is the writing gets worse, but the traps get better within each movie, basically. Yeah. Dian Ju Jing Hun. Electric Saw Frightened Soul. Uh, it's too spooky. It's what? too spooky for me. What? Electric Saw Frightened Soul. Cool. Electric Saw Frightened Soul. Yeah. Uh, the Amityville Horror. Gui Ku Shen Hao. Demons Cry. God's Howl. Alright, I'm just gonna keep going. Uh, yeah. th these are weird, K, but we like them. Paranormal Activity. Oh, this might be. <laughs> I like this one. Ling Dong, Gui Ying Shi Lu, Spirit Move, Ghost Film Caught on Tape. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, just have a seat. Just have a seat right over here. Uh, the Omen, Tian Mo, Heaven Devil. Cool. I like that one. That's really uh, cool. That one's cool. 28 Days Later, Er Shiba Huomie Daoshu. 28 Day Countdown to Destruction. It's very, very literal. Changeling, Huan Zi Yi Yun. Switch Child's Suspicious Cloud. And hey, we're gonna we're gonna put these in two parts, but we're going out on a bang here. Pet Cemetery, Jinru Fenchang. No entry into this burial ground. <laughs> what? Yeah, Pet Cemetery is called No Entry into the Burial Ground. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Kay. That was Cajun Thank Corner. You. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Kay. <laughs> Every time. Knocks it out of the park. We do yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> Okay, we gotta get you on the show sometime. You know it. This one's from Tom Bryan. Hey, Jake and the crew. I noticed in the last few episodes there has been a Kendrick Lamar track in the background, but it's a remix. So I was wondering if you can have a track listing or something so the viewers can get those sweet melodies that they don't recognize in the background. Thanks, lots of love from Tom. Uh, Tom, I get this email a lot, and you know what? So once in a while, I'll put up a track on the uh, on the Facebook page from that we use in the in the. Uh, in the background of each episode, and you know, some will use from episode to episode. It depends, you know. I'll switch it up sometimes. I, I like to keep a bit, you know, keep a bit of a mystery to what you're hearing in the background. If I put out a huge list of everything I was doing, I think it, people would like it, but they would sort of stop caring immediately. Maybe I don't know. We got to keep it a little bit. Wait, do you think we keep keep a bit of suspense in the air? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. But look, check out check out Facebook.com/slash/GameCultPodcast. And uh, once in a while, you know, I'll drip out a, a track for you guys to check out. We're always posting music on the uh, on the page for you to check out. But we, I, I, I love that you guys care and that you give a shit. Really, I do. Because <laughs> I put so much work into into scoring these whole episodes, and I really, really appreciate the viewers. Please don't think that it doesn't go unappreciated. 
But um, yeah, uh, check out our album recommendations each episode as well. There's always always good stuff that we want to talk to you guys about for sure. And follow that facey bee, like that facey bee, and hey, give us a review on iTunes too. Give us a rating. That'll really help us out with like listings and stuff. So so more people can listen to us. And tell your friends, tell your mama, and tell your pep pep. Tell your grandparents. Tell your dog. Exactly. Zach, what would you tell your pet pet if you, you were to say to this show and if you like it? And do you want to see what it's all about? Um. Hmm. I'd ask them if they like video games and if they like music and just pull the whole spiel that we pull on absolutely everyone. But I'd also say if they like Swedish guys and everyone likes Swedish people because they're the most beautiful people on the earth. Take the compliment, exactly. Martin. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Beautifully insane. Well, it's true. It's true. So, well, you know, it is what it is. And let's go bilingual. Uh, Martin, if you were to say to your to your sweet girl, or to a friend, or to a, a grand pep-pep, or maybe even a step-pepper about our show, what would you say? Oh, gillar du tv-spel? Gillar du musik? Uh, gillar du allt däremellan? Och en massa skit samtidigt så skulle jag rekommendera dig att titta in Gaming Cult Podcast. What, what a sweet recommendation from a sweet boy. Indeed. Uh, that was VML. Uh, write to us, please. GamingCultPodcast.gmail.com We love to hear from you. Hit us up on the FaceyB. You can hit us up on the Twitter at GamingCultCast, at ZachSupreme. Any of the boys, we're all there. Martin, you changed, um, you changed up your Twitter a bit. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at. Let me. Sp- it's actually a uh, Swedish word, and it's like a play on words. Uh, so it's. I shouldn't really pronounce it because I, if if I do, uh, you'll have no idea what I said. <laughs> so I'll just. Um, okay, so my Twitter is J A E R T E C K N one. That's a one at the end. There you go. Follow that boy, Martin. <clears throat> uh, now, right. Album recommendations? What do you think? What do you say? I say yes. I, I say, say yes. okay. A-okay. Zach, what do you think? Uh, I'm cool with it. Well, then recommend something. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Daft Punk Discovery. Uh, I was going <laughs> to go for that, but maybe not this time. Um, Mirror, the Miramaru EP by Cashmere Cat. Okay. Definitely give it a look. I'm not going to go into too much detail. It's hard to describe. I don't want to have to describe it. But you're either going to like it or you're going to be not too enthused about it. Cashmere Cat. Check it out. Cashmere Cat. Cashmere Cat. Uh, Martin. Um, I want to recommend the last official recording done by Nujabas before he uh, tragically passed away in a car accident in uh, a couple of years back. Mm. Um the um, the base for the actual track was found in his cell phone um, and it was eventually made into a um, into a real track that uh, Shingo 2 uh, wrapped over and it's called Love Sick Part 6 Grand Finale um, it was released as a download and as well as a 12 uh, inch LP and it's the final official track by New Jobs and Oh boy, it's a great track. And Holy even the shit. remix. Yeah, and even the remix is awesome. Mm. Um, it is 
sort of like a perfect farewell track, if, if that makes sense. Um, like go, really going out with a bang. Um, the, and the, the lyrics actually fit to the track as well, like really well. Um, well Love Six so, Series is some of his best work, so. Yep, and like the last part is just completely mind-blowing. So yeah, definitely check that out if you can. Uh, if you have any means to buy the vinyl, I suggest you do that because, well, let's face it, I love vinyl. Uh, um, but if you can't, then you could probably buy it on iTunes or whatever. Rest in peace, Nujabas. Rest in peace. Uh, I'm going to recommend the new album by Onient- Onientrix Point Never. And that's quite a, uh, a difficult name, and I'll be posting that on the Facebook too for you as a recommendation. Uh, it's the new album out on Warp Records, it's called R Plus 7. And this album just sounds like the future. Nothing, it's, it's new music. Nothing has ever sounded like this album before. It's an electronic LP, and it just... I can't describe it yet because it's blown my mind. And mm-hmm. it's, I can't put any words to it, really. Um, but I will, um, I will put links in the Facebook. Oniatrix Point Never. That's with an O. R plus seven on Warp Records out now. So go to go to warp.net or bleep.com and you can go check that out. It's an, a mind-blowing album. This, this has been the year of albums, really, hasn't it? 2013. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what our roundup at the end of the year is going to be like for best ofs. It's going to be it's going to be a hard one, man. There's like yeah. I've got at least six to ten contenders for album of the year. Same. Yeah. But yeah, Oniatrix Point Never R plus seven. Check it out. Wow. It's it's the future. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, boys. I think that's it. That's it? That's that's pretty much all she wrote. Hey, you guys and girls have been buying t-shirts. All you rude boys, rude girls out there, all you GCP viewers, you've been buying them GCP t-shirts. They're almost sold out. And I've got to say a big thank you to everyone who's done that. And wow, man, we're, we're so stoked. And there are still some sizes left. If you go to uh, gamingcult.storeenvy.com, that's store envy with just one e in there. You don't have to go e e. It's just store envy with one e. So s t o r e n v y. Gamecult.storeenvy.com. You can order the t-shirts, and I'll ship them out to you myself. With personally, the, personally, with the best of greetings from and me to you. Buy into our cash-ins. <laughs> yeah, we're taking over <laughs> two t-shirts at a time. <laughs> Big shouts out to Hanabi again for sending us uh, Tsuritama, uh, Bakamonogatari, and Princess Knight on DVD and Blu-ray. Go check out those new releases uh, at hanabi.com.au. That's with uh, B-E-E, two E's. Uh, we, we recorded this pretty close to uh, uh, the releasing of the last episode. We haven't got around to reviewing them yet, but hey, we're going to have all them anime reviews for you coming up. And we'll be keeping you up to date with what Hanabi put out. Because they've been hooking us up. Shouts out to the boys and girls at Hanabi. Well, this has been episode 35 of the Game Call Podcast. Boys and girls, what did you think? It's been a big time for us. It's been good. Been making moves. GCP making them moves. We're taking over. Yeah. Gaming Underground, represent. We're going to go out on a new germ track. 
a brand new drum track. Maybe, yes. maybe you've never even heard this before. Maybe this is the first time this has ever been heard. <gasps> okay, we're gonna go out on a germ track from the new upcoming album, Grief. This is Withering in Hell. Boys and girls, thank you very much. Write to us, gamingcultpodcast at gmail.com. Twitter at gamingcultcast. Facebook.com slash gamingcultpodcast. Gamingcult.org. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Check us out. And, ch- and look us up on YouTube too. Subscribe to us there too. L- knock them all out in one go. Any, any parting words, boys? My sweet boys. Catch you later. Do you, do you want to blow them a kiss? Martin? Yeah. I'm still propagating for my cause, you know. Um, you know, stop playing video games. Don't, I'll don't keep saying it. it until it happens. Don't do it. Stop playing them. Do it. Stop playing them. Stop playing video w- games. Work on your life. Get your life together b- before you get your game together. Put down the fedora. Pick up a video game? Uh, Put down the video game, get a life, get a girlfriend. Maybe. Maybe. It's possible. Stop playing video games.
Hey, Zach. Hey, Jake. <laughs> you know what song I've got stuck in my head right now? What? If you want to go and take a ride with me, with me, with the clothes and the <laughs> ghosts, oh, why must I leave this? Oh. I don't know the lyrics, but... Hey, must be... Fuck. Hey, must be the money. Do it again. Three, two, seven, six, six five, five, four, four three, three, two, one. Hey, must be the money. Zach, how did you find uh, EB Games Expo? You just went on the Friday, and how did you like it? It was it was fun. There were a lot of fun things to do, a lot of fun things to see, a uh, lot of fun things to look at, uh, booth babes. And that's what I was there for. I was there for the booth babes. I got some Mountain Dew. Uh, I went to the Call of Duty booth, and I went to the fucking Battlefield 4 booth because I want to see which one I want to pick up. And that's the only thing I'm going to buy. I pre-ordered the Xbox One for those two games. Woo, baby, Booth Bays, Mountain Dew, fucking Doritos, Call of Duty. That's it. So you were one of those people that lined up for, what, over an hour to watch a playthrough demo of Battlefield 4, a game which is already in beta? Yeah, I did that, and I went in, and the game has, um, oh, the game has guns. Uh, it's, it's based in a warfare setting, and... Um, you've got a girl, there's a girl warfare, and she's got really big titties, and... It's just all about the tits and Jew today, aren't you? I just... <laughs> why else would I go to a convention? You think I want to hang out with, like, you know, sweaty losers for about, like, six hours? Fuck no. I'm there for babes that don't care about why they're there, yeah. and I'm there for... Adventure time cosplay. Adventure time cosplay. Like, I really like when chicks paint themselves yellow, and, um, what else am I there for? Like, Marge Simpson. Yeah, like Marge Simpson. Marge Simpson want to fuck. She on Playboy, she want to fuck. But there was... I saw that. Oh, the train's coming. Do you want to get on the train? Yeah, we'll go on the train. Let's keep going. Alright, let's keep going. Let's keep going while we'll get on the train. But yeah, it was, it was a good day. I enjoyed today. Wait, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's full. Yeah, because people get, get, get off the train, you idiot. Yeah. Zach, uh, we, we, we should give a shout out to Xbox Australia right now. Oh, hell yeah, we should. Xbox Australia, like, they're the reason we're here, man. Like, for example, shouts out to our boy Eric over at Xbox Australia, who managed to get us passes for Friday, which was fantastic of him, and basically showed us around, shows everything that's great that's coming up for the Xbox One, and on that note, a very special title that Jake and, well, I thought... Man, how good was Titanfall? Man, Titanfall was good. Like, really good. I'm really excited for that. Uh, I've lost the pop thing for my microphone, so that's why it goes pop, and I'm sorry about that. Um, but yeah, Titanfall, definitely. Yeah, um, the gameplay itself, when it came to actually getting around, how you could fucking wall run and double jump, shit was the best. Like, I thought, well, fuck it, this is the game I want to play. You actually got in one of the Titan mechs, didn't you? Yep, I got into the Titan mech three times in the one playthrough, because I'm good at the game. I had 32 kills for 11 deaths. Thank you, Zach. Zach, what else did you like about the EB Games Expo? Zach. Uh, main other things I liked about the EB Babes Expo were... There were a lot of booth babes. <laughs> there were such a fucking ridiculous number of... There were more booth babes in the booths than people like... Hey, pretty arcade. You don't like them booth babes, do you? You don't like, you know, subjugating women to making, uh, you know, a spectacle of themselves just for the... <laughs> 
slovenly joy of fedora wearing fucks. Fuck well, you. Guess what? We're EB and we're gonna have all the fucking booth babes. <laughs> it was great because at most at most of the fucking vend well, most of the fucking stalls, there were more booth babes than people who knew their shit, like <laughs> behind the company. It's like some for some of the booths they just send out like one guy, just in an army of booth babes, and they'd all and they all be referring everyone to this one guy and people just say, I don't give a fuck about the product. They came over to like, you know, I want you to take a photo of my son. <laughs> we saw that a lot. Like fathers with their sons and it like they'd have a booth babe on one side and their like three foot son on the other. My dear short son, how I love you so I love my life. I love my life. I love my wife. <laughs> um yeah, so shouts out to all the booth babes at uh, EB Expo. No, no shouts out. Yeah, all the shouts out. I love it. I wish at PAX next year, I want more booth babes. I want booth babes at every store. I don't think that's going to happen. Gaming, gaming Cult needs booth babes as well. Well, that's I mean, that's, that's us. That's us. I know it's us, but we need. I'm talking like big tits and like big asses. Like, if there's nothing better than a fat ass. So you're saying I need to start taking estrogen now? Yeah. Take estrogen. Like, you know... I'm not ready to make that transformation yet. Yeah, starve yourself. Um, you know, a good way to lose weight is just drink black coffee and eat bananas because it's filling with potassium. It's not, my, it's not my fault my DNA balances a particular way. I will be the booth babe and I will have a flat chest. Thank you, base god. Fuck off. I'm not coming to your booth then. I know I'm there, but I don't have to be there. So answer my fucking question, Zach. What did you like at EB Games? Oh yeah, that was a Expo. Question. Um, I liked. Um, oh. I don't know why we're doing this. Why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't know. We're on the fucking train home. This is. Okay. What the fuck did I like? I liked Titanfall. I uh, well, I really liked Titanfall. Forza Four. I liked Forza Four a lot. Two two games that I'm really gonna enjoy for the Xbox One, and yeah. it pleases me that. There's going to be some good stuff coming out for the Xbox One. You know, I'm pleased that they turned it around since last year. Yeah. Or early this year. I can't remember now. This has gone on way too long. Yeah, it has. Like, what what time are we cruising on now? Like, ten minutes? Nine minutes. Nine. All right. Do you want to do when it gets to like nine fifty three? Do you want? If you want to go and take a ride with me, with three women in the cars, with the goldies, oh Hey, must be the money. If you wanna go and get half me, smoke a L back of the Benzi, oh I must outlive this too. Hey, must be the money. In the club on the name lab, Philly Ride, look at Transpass, so the real nice. Friends, you always say no, I can take home, I can take home. She could be 18, 18 with an attitude, cut 19, cause like the kind of snotty, I can acting real rude. But as long as you can take a ticket, dick, go to the song, another song. So I look at this shit and dance floor. Hey, you fang us in the Dancing in the real slow, saying that you're digging in the last video. Imagine it was 26, 35, 34. And I like the way you brush your hair. And I like the style of clothes to wear. And I'm never going to use this recording here. And I can see you moving way over there. Hey. If you're going to take a ride with me, you'll be moving on something else. 
Thank you for listening to Gaming Cult Podcast. Kiss my white ass. Yo. Yo. Put your, put your hands up. That, that's, a tro- that's a trope and I don't like it. <laughs>